What's up and welcome folks to the Spun Today podcast, the podcast that is anchored in writing but unlimited in scope. I'm your host Tony Ortiz and I appreciate you listening. This is episode 150 of the podcast and it's a bonus episode. A rare in-betweeny episode, meaning that I'm releasing it in between the usual bi-weekly, every other Thursday schedule release of my episodes. Throw in a killer virus, a quarantine, and you'd be amazed at the extra time you find to actually do things. This episode being one of them. In this episode, I speak about a coronavirus update, UFC 248, watching Hamilton on Broadway for the second time watching Ain't Too Proud on Broadway, which is the story about the Temptations, and the movie Uncut Gems. If you think you'd be into any of that good stuff, stick around. But first, here's a quick way that you can help support the show. You know that feeling that you get on a Monday when you're sad because the weekend is over and you have nothing to look forward to except for lunch? Have no fear, the Midday Monday Boost Letter is here. And you might be thinking, what is the Midday Monday Boost Letter? Sounds like a mouthful. And it is. But it's also more than that. I put together this absolutely free newsletter that I email to all my subscribers every Monday at noon to spread a little joy and happiness. If you choose to subscribe, all you have to do is go to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe and drop in your email address. And what you'll get is five things. You get a photo of the week, which who doesn't like looking at dope pictures. You'll also get a podcast of the week. I listen to dozens and dozens of podcasts every single week from a wide variety of shows. And I cherry pick the very best ones and share them with you as my recommendation for that week. Also in the Midday Monday Boost Letter, you will find a video of the week, which could be anything from a cool online recipe that I found to a rap battle to a TED talk or a dope interview. I also share a quote of the week, a little food for thought, as well as a word of the week for my fellow wordsmiths out there. Again, this is all absolutely free and you can get my newsletter by going to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe, drop in your email address and you will get the very next one. The coronavirus. I've spoken about it in the past couple shows because obviously it's been going on for a while and affecting all of us. But I think it's important to chronicle what's going on, right? Especially with a situation that's so dynamic and has things changing literally every day. Just wanted to give first and foremost a very special shout out to all of the frontline workers doctors, nurses, hospital staff, all essential workers that keep our supermarkets running, our food delivery service going, our packages that we order online running somewhat smoothly dentro de lo que cabe, right? And I say somewhat smoothly because there's like such a demand for things, for certain items, that when you, for example, order something on Amazon as a prime customer, you're used to getting things in one to two days. Now it's like, Available on Amazon Prime. Receive it in T minus 23 days. It's like, holy shit. And that's if you're lucky enough to find something that's actually in stock. But nonetheless, shout out to the folks that make sure that those things that do get here, get here when they do. And get to the people that order them. All our first responders, cops, firefighters, 
MTA employees, elected officials, all the folks doing volunteer work. Thank you all so, so much. Thank you also. I don't want to put them at the same exact level as all those folks that I mentioned, but thank you also to the content providers as well of shows that I notice I even take for granted because of how they're so readily available. And I don't mean like shows like on Netflix, although obviously all that stuff comes in handy when you're in quarantine and it's great. I mean, I speak about them all the time on the show, you know, different movies, TV shows, stuff like that. But I mean, uh, all the podcasts that I listen to, you guys know I'm addicted to them. I listen to dozens and dozens of podcasts every single week. I feature a new podcast every single week, a new podcast episode every single week on my newsletter that I send out every Monday, the Midday Monday Boost Letter. Thank you folks for continuing to churn out content. Some of you, I guess, not unlike myself, are even able to put out more content because you're in the same boat, right? You're likely in quarantine and have extra time to you know work on content podcasts thankfully are not well some of them are not these like overly produced things that require a professional studio and bunch of bells and whistles so it's something that's uh it's a medium that's definitely feasible to uh put out and i think it's important to try to keep a tether to normalcy to the sense of normalcy that that we had before all this started to unfold i'm happy to report my best friend steven and his wife uh spun today alum are doing fine you know he had a scare for a while had to go to the hospital had you know they both tested positive if the if you didn't hear the previous episodes where i mentioned that his wife has not shown a symptom and he did have a fever had really bad migraines started having shortness of breath in trouble breathing luckily you know he got to the hospital they put him on an iv said he was like uh dehydrated and they gave him some other medication which I assume is like the the cloak, uh, what is it, chloroquine thing that they're saying uh, is promising, the malaria medication, and maybe uh, the Z-Pack, but I'm not sure. And he was discharged from the hospital and since has not had like a relapse. Like some folks are reporting that, you know, symptoms come back after like four or four days or so. Um, luckily, that has not been the case with him. And his wife continues to not show any symptoms. So I'm definitely happy about that. On Saturday news, my wife's cousin's husband out of massachusetts which is one of the folks that i mentioned that had it he took a turn for the worse and had to be incubated in in icu and then he started doing a little bit better then he got worse again and he's still in the icu it's been several days he's been under with the ventilator and then they had to start dialysis on him because his kidneys started failing and it's not looking good that's unfortunately the reality that we are faced with now those types of uh, extremes you can go from folks like my friend steven's wife which has never had a symptom to steven that had a few of the symptoms and had to go to the hospital but got out of there well he was discharged to my wife's cousin's husband which is in the icu and it doesn't look like he's gonna make it and he's not that old like, he's not in that, you know, 60, 70, 80-year-old group. He's, I want to say, late 40s, maybe 50 and or early 50s. But I want to say he's between, like, that 45, 52, 53 max. Um, and, you know, I'm not aware of, his under, of him having any underlying health issues, but I wouldn't know that anyway. The times that, that I've 
you know, spoken with him and, you know, I met him a few times, you know, seemed fine, very nice guy, seemed healthy, wasn't like obese or anything like that. So definitely nothing on the surface that you can see. And, you know, look what happened. I hope you and yours are doing what you can to stay safe, practice social distancing. It sucks, I know, but use it as a time of appreciation of the times that you were able to spend with your with your loved ones when you had the time to that you probably took for granted like I do sometimes. I know we all do. And embrace them that much more when we get to the other side of this, which we will. Here in New York, it seemed like we got a, a bit of good, good news. We had a couple days of uh, numbers going down in terms of occurrences and deaths. And then today there was a spike in deaths. But I'm not sure if the occurrences uh, continue to go down, which would technically be, you know, a good, a positive. You know, it's still projected to be like one of the worst weeks or two weeks of of the virus to date um, this week and next week, which is still a very strong possibility. So much for Trump's idea of, you know, opening everything back up and going back to normal by Easter. Fucking doofus. He's a fucking herb, and I haven't used, I haven't heard that word, I think, since high school, but that's what he is. He's like a herb that has money, is entitled, and is in a position of power, but he's a fucking herb that just doesn't know how to act. My birthday's next week, also, on Easter, actually, which sucks, but yeah, hopefully we continue or start, start to, like, see that plateau, or the numbers continue to either go down, or... If they like plateau for for a few days, like uh, Governor Cuomo said, is a, a likelihood as well, based on their analysis uh, of the data. But I don't know. It's been like a new weird normal, kind of like an eerie normal. I almost don't even know how to describe it because it's like it feels like you're getting used to the way things are, but at the same time, you can sense like the feeling of angst and anxiety and and just like unsettledness of folks just like bubbling and like waiting to get back to actual normalcy and the times that i have gone out you know to like the supermarket or uh, to get food roads are way emptier like there's still cars and stuff like that obviously but like i was on on woodhaven here in queens but like 101 ave headed up toward like metropolitan like that down that way and i was at a red light and there was no cars to the left or the right of me i looked in my rearview mirror i could see the next car like at the red light like two lights back i couldn't see any cars in front of me because it was like close to like where the hill was but this was like at you know six o'clock in the afternoon like normally like gridlock traffic time you know rush hour so stuff like that is like weird you know it's kind of odd taking that in. But at the same time, it's like what you expect because you know that everybody should be, you know, staying home and social distancing and, and all that jazz. But it's definitely interesting times. I'm, you know, wearing gloves. I, before I was just like sanitizing my hands when I would go out, you know, like when it just started, I would say maybe like four weeks ago. Then... I started wearing gloves, no mask. And then I started, now I'm wearing, like when I go out, the mask, the gloves. I come in, I wash my hands with the gloves on, take off the gloves. 
then wash my hands, you know, take off the, the face mask, Lysol it with the Lysol spray and just taking like extra, extra, extra precautions, you know. And last thing I'll say about it on, on this update is I love that in New York we're doing the, and by we I mean I see it on social media because I actually haven't done it myself, the like clapping out of uh, your windows for other nurses and doctors and, you know, first responders. But I don't like that I've only seen it on social media. Like I've listened for it at seven, like here around where I live in, in Queens, in Howard Beach, and I haven't heard anything or seen anybody clapping. So just putting it out there as like an observation, I guess, because it's not really a complaint. But I would like to see it. But then again, why am I not doing it myself? You know what I mean? Maybe I'll do it tomorrow. I'll let you guys know in the next update of the Coronavirus Chronicles. Next up is UFC 248. This was the card that was headlined by Izzy, Israel Adesanya, aka Stylebender, and Yoel, the Soldier of God, Romero. Do you guys see the like the big fight that everybody was anticipating, obviously with this whole coronavirus shit. Uh, Khabib Nur- Nurmagomedov versus Tony Ferguson was canceled because Khabib can't fly out of the country because Russia's in-, in lockdown. And they can't even postpone it in a few weeks because Khabib always takes like the summer off for Ramadan because obviously he can't go through, through a-, a fight camp when he's fasting and obviously his body's depleted and then the ufc was able to sign up gaichi to fight tony ferguson which is a dope fight in and of itself gaichi was like that like number two number three guy that is like really scrappy really a forward moving fighter he's like the take a punch to give a punch type of guy puts on a show and he's like at the top of that uh weight class as well like one of those not even can't even call him like a dark horse because he's like up there like to be an actual champion you know like he's in the running for it a lot of folks were predicting before that you know tony and khabib would happen and then gaethje would fight connor and then the winner of both matches would face each other for for the undisputed belt but uh the cards didn't go that way thank you coronavirus instead we were for the fifth time cheated out of uh tony ferguson versus khabib yes they try to make this fight five times but we are actually going to get the the april card that's gonna be the week after my birthday i believe april 18th april 17th and obviously with the coronavirus there's gonna be no crowd uh the venue is still up in the air dana white put out a a, a press release via not a press release like uh he did an interview with um uh brett akamoto yakamoto akamoto and stated that he has an island where he's going to start holding international fights he's going to start flying folks into that island to be able to continue to put out fights ufc content this fight between tony and uh justin gaethje i'm not sure if it's going to be at that island because that's like still in the works Maybe they're going to be able to have their fight somewhere else and then just have the island for the international fights, but we'll see. Either way, it's dope that they are able to make it happen. 
Shaw, Brendan Shaw had a, a really good point that they should not put this event behind the paywall, you know, with the pay-per-view and just put it out on ESPN since there's like no sports going on. They're going to get like a shitload of eyeballs on it. So, so they should put it out there for free, which I think would be smart. But uh, as of now, it's a, a straight, you know, pay-per-view. So definitely looking forward to that. But anyway, back to UFC 248, which I said that, I said all that, because I think that this uh, UFC 248 was the last UFC before like the whole coronavirus thing started happening, I think. Maybe there was like a fight night or something like that in there after, but uh, it's definitely the, the last, this is like the last one that I quote-unquote covered. And by covered, I mean do a horrible job of just like recapping fights on the podcast. But yeah, from UFC 248, there's three fights that I'm going to mention, which is Benil Dariush versus Drakkar Close. So I think it was like at the end of the first, or I want to say the beginning of the second, Close, like really, he, he hit uh, Dariush with a right hand. And he had Dariush in a shitload of trouble. He had him really hurt. And then while Dariush was hurt, he came back and with a left, just knocked Close out at the very either the end of the first round or the very beginning of the second round or maybe it was like one of those like he was hurt at the end of the the round and then they started the round again and then he was still a little hurt i honestly don't remember exactly but like in terms of like when the actual knockout knockout uh took place but i did remember you know he was like completely in trouble darius was and then came back and just knocked close out which is always exciting, right? Like you're about to see a finish and then the other guy winds up finishing the guy that you thought was about to to, to finish it. Then we have Weili Zhang versus Joanna Yondechek for probably the top, one of the best fights I've seen. One of the best like back and forth battles I've seen. Like on some Robbie Lawler versus Roy McDonald type shit. Or on some Stylebender versus... Kevin Gastelum type shit like a ton of action back and forth five round fight definitely one of the best I've ever ever seen and I was gonna say probably because I can't think of one right now off the top of my head one of the best fights in the female in any of the female divisions period that I've ever seen like probably number one like maybe Amanda Nunes when, when she knocked out Cyborg but even that, that was like a dope moment because I was like rooting for Amanda Nunes. She was, I think, the underdog or at least I, you know, most folks, including myself, thought that she couldn't pull it off, but hope that she did. And then she did in spectacular fashion in a way that nobody ever expected. So that was more like of a dope moment, not as much a really good back and forth fight. You know what I mean? Whereas this fight was back and forth action-packed for five rounds and if you guys see i'm sure you've seen memes but if not just google yuani jnj check post fight and i'm sure you'll see this like huge hematoma i don't even know what the fuck to call it her her forehead grew exponentially she looked like and I actually tweeted this out i did like a split screen picture of her regular before the fight and then of the bad guy from the Green Lantern movie when he started taking like the juice and his brain started growing 
and his head started getting bigger and bigger. That's how Yohanna Jojacek's like forehead looked. It was just like protruding out of her. Sick fucking fight. Then the main event was a bit of a snooze fest, <laughs> but it was definitely a fight of defense. I feel like, you know, like they always say styles make matchups. That definitely seems to be the case here. You know, you have two counter punchers going against each other. It's like, who's going to start? I feel like Yoel kind of OD'd with that game plan a little bit. Because even if you're a counter puncher, it's like you don't not throw anything. That's literally what he did. Like, he, he even, like, they started coming towards each other in the beginning. And he stopped, like, noticeably early from, like, going forward and just stood there. I believe the first punch of the fight from either side was thrown like three minutes into it or like at the three minute mark or some shit like that, like after two minutes. But it was just like standing, like the crowd booed a lot during the fight. You know, obviously I like Stylebender, but I also like you all, but I was I was rooting for, for Stylebender in this one. So maybe I'm, I'm a bit biased, but I feel like he's the champion and you're trying to, you know, take the championship from him, obviously. So if you're not doing anything and he can get by just off points, you know, with a couple light kicks here and there or something like that, why wouldn't he do that? That's like the smart way to take that fight. If you as the challenger approach it the way you approached it, especially when I'm a counter puncher to begin with, a counter striker, like I'm not going to play your game. I'm not going to allow you to make me fall into your game plan. Like I'm the champ. You got to come at me. So that was pretty much my take on that fight. Very uneventful besides that. And that's pretty much my recap of UFC 248. Definitely looking forward to Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje. Should be a very dope fight. I'm very interested to see how Tony looks after gearing up for so long for this uh, Khabib fight. He looked phenomenal from the like all the training camp videos and stuff that were put out. Definitely looks good. And it'll be interesting to see Gaethje on somewhat short notice. Or not somewhat, definitely short notice. And see how they match up. Definitely should be an exciting fight. Next up is Hamilton. Which I saw on Broadway for the second time. For those of you that didn't hear the first time that I covered it. You know, feel free to look back or listen back rather to episode 134 of the podcast i went into it in detail there but i'll just say that this time around i actually won the hamilton lottery tickets myself the first time around uh my brother did and he he invited me his best friend omar shout out to omar and we wound up like buying an extra ticket and us you know splitting it between the three of us and going to see it, that was my first time, loved it. And since then, you know, I continued as I was applying to the lottery and I wound up winning it myself a few weeks later, coincidentally, and I took my wife. She really liked it, enjoyed it a lot, but not her favorite play though. I think she still puts uh, Wicked above it, which is such a dope play. Now this time around, the like the cast it was slightly different and for a couple noticeable roles actually or like more like standoutish roles the 
main character, obviously, for Alexander Hamilton. He was different. At first, I don't know, it was just because I was, you know, used to the one that I saw the first time around. Or, like, expecting the one that I saw the first time around. But I wasn't, like, I wasn't feeling it. But he definitely grew on me. Like, as the play went on, he did a great job. But I, I would still give it to the the actor that played Hamilton the first time that I saw the play. I think he did a, a better job for my liking. And also the character that played Aaron Burr. I like the first one better. And also the character that played George Washington. That one was probably a coin toss. This one was actually really, really good. It was like more passionate, but like less polished. If that makes any sense. So that one, yeah, probably coin toss. The seats were dope. I think I, I think I bought the very first of the lottery winner tickets that day because I got like the perfect seats. It was the middle seat, dead center, uh, center orchestra, second row. But yeah, I definitely enjoyed the play. A couple takeaways. I, I was sitting down with my wife and I was like, oh, you know, look around. You know, a lot of famous people like come you know, see Hamilton, like, I always hear about, like, famous people going to see Hamilton, and she, she got up to go pee, whatever, I'm looking around, I actually saw Dasha Polanco, shout out to her, Dominican actress, she was on Orange is the New Black, and she even looked at me a couple times, while, you know, like, during intermission, like, she stayed at, stayed at her seat, you know, talking with, with the person, with the guy she was with, like, I looked over, and I was like, oh, shit, Dasha, I think she looked over, kind of like, oh, shit, look, another Spanish guy, <laughs> You know, definitely not the uh, main demographic at a Broadway play, being a uh, 35-year-old Dominican guy. But I definitely feel like I could have, like, waved or, like, gone over and said what's up, like, asked for a picture or something like that. So I was kind of kicking myself that I didn't because I definitely had the opportunity to. But, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool in and of itself. Then the last thing I wanted to mention about Hamilton is that uh, John... Krasinski, which played Jim on the show The Office, and also plays uh, Jack Reacher in the Amazon original series that I mentioned uh, in the past on the podcast. He started this uh, like YouTube show called SGN. The acronym stands for Some Good News, where he just mentioned some like good feel good news. You know, during this time, he does it like in a funny way. One of the segments that he had, it's like a, I'll link to it in the episode notes so you guys can check it out if you want to. It's like a 16 minute thing. Episode two is, and he goes through, you know, some good, feel good stories. And then at the end, he leaves uh, a girl that's into uh, Hamilton. He interviews her. She's like nine or 11 years old or something like that. She's a super fan of, of Hamilton and had tickets to fly to New York and go see the play. But it got canceled, obviously, because it's during this coronavirus pandemic that's going on. He offered to like fire, fly her out, her and her family out to go watch the play when when the dust settles. She was like super excited, super happy, and then she, he had uh, Lin Manuel Miranda come on, like kind of like join the Skype call, and then like the rest of a, a shitload of the members of the cast of Hamilton joined the the Skype call, and like one of those. What's it called now? I guess it's called like a Hangout, but there's like a specific app for it. I'm not sure if this is the app that they used, but it's an app called House Party where folks are, like a lot of folks are joining at the same time. 
to be able to like see each other and stuff. They did something like that and performed for her exclusively one of the main songs uh, from the play, which I believe is like the opening number. And that was pretty dope. I know that, you know, that made her fucking year, that little girl. And it's dope to see that, you know, people that can do something nice like that, you know, go out of their way and actually do it. But yeah, that was my experience with watching Hamilton for the second time. Next up is Ain't Too Proud, which is another Broadway play that I was able to see probably like a week after or a few days after I went to see Hamilton. I went to see Ain't Too Proud. And these are tickets that my best friend uh, Steven and I and his sister Elaine, also a Spun Today alum, we planned to go check this play out during Broadway week. So we got like half price tickets, got got pretty good seats left orchestra somewhere in like the middle of the pack and the play was really fucking good steven actually liked it better than hamilton which was surprising to me but i definitely liked it and thought it was really good the like set design was very minimal and the music just like stole the show i learned a bunch about the temptations which i never knew i learned you know there's a lot of songs of theirs that i know but I didn't know that it was them singing it. Like, I didn't know, like, oh, that's a Temptation song. So that was pretty cool to to learn, as well as, like, their, like, origin story, you know? They're, like, rags to riches. And we made a dope day of it. We had brunch at Palma, which is actually where I had my uh, wedding reception, my wife and I. And we went there to, to have brunch, had a really good time, great food. Then went over to watch the play. And, yo, they have mad hits, such as songs like Ain't Too Proud to Beg. Or songs like Just My Imagination. Papa was a Rolling Stone. Or My Girl, which I always thought was like a Michael Jackson or or Jackson 5 song. And they have so many more hits. They were like one of the most popular groups. Uh, they were a Motown group in the 60s, 70s, 80s, but definitely 60s and 70s. They had like, like I don't want to say most bands, but was uh, probably like more common within this genre. 
And definitely back then, they had, you know, songwriters writing everything, basically. One of the more most uh, prolific songwriters was Smokey Robinson, which wrote My Girl and a bunch of other hits. He was a singer himself and producer. They had another writer called uh, Norman Whitfield and Barrett Strong. And they wrote, they wanted to take a political stance against the, the war in Vietnam, like a lot of groups are doing. But the record execs thought it would be a bad idea based on like the type of fan base that they had. These guys, uh, Norman Whitfield and, and Barrett Strong, wrote the, the song, War, huh? What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. He wrote it for them. They recorded it, but they never put it out. And because the, the record, record exec stepped in, and instead they gave, it, they gave the song to another Motown artist called uh, Edwin Starr, and he recorded it, released it, and it became his most successful single ever. <laughs> and went to number one immediately. It, the song eventually was inducted into the the Hall of Fame. So definitely bad move on the exact part, or maybe not. Because what if the Temptations would have done it and would have alienated like their fans or just wouldn't like vibe with them? And from the record record exec's point of view, it was still another Motown artist that recorded it. So it's kind of like. No skin off his back, kind of. But yeah, and the play got into like a lot of like the, the infighting between the groups and you know how the group came to be and how members and this is also another common thing of of this era. Uh, you know, members like shuffle in and out. Like when you have a group, it's not like the same group. They have different singers and you know like frontmen even get you know swapped out. Like Van Halen, I think was like famous for that. And, or, like, groups like KISS, they had, like, kind of, like, characters, really, like, with the, the star guy and the cat guy. And, you know, those were different people at, you know, different different times, like, throughout the history of, of the band. And The Temptations, you know, they had a lot of turnover. <laughs> I found out during, during the play, then looked it up after. As well, you know, due to, like, infighting and... You know, members uh, becoming addicted to things and or dying and, you know, just like management intervention and managers saying, you know, this guy's you know, too much of a head case. Let's get rid of him. Let's substitute him with this guy. So on and so forth. And all in all, the member had at least 23 members. And it's a, a group of five folks singing. So they had 23 members. I think at one point in time, they, they had seven of them singing at the same time. Um, because the groups, like they kicked the, uh, one guy out, another guy got pissed and left with him, and then they got two new guys. But then those other two guys that got kicked out, they started like singing themselves. Then they wound up all joining back together in some sort of like reunion. That was crazy. <laughs> that was a crazy stat. I thought that was pretty interesting. But yeah, man, the the play was dope. Definitely a good time. I recommend it if you guys can check it out. If you're into plays and shit, uh, definitely one to an enjoyable one to see once uh we get past all this coronavirus shit uncut gems was a really good movie i liked it i enjoyed it but i'll tell you at first i wasn't sure what it was about which is a weird thing to say because i know you know it's a movie like you haven't seen it before you're not gonna know what it's about you know off jump but like i went into it blind it was like a movie that 
I had maybe seen a trailer for, or not maybe, I, I did see a trailer for, but I didn't know based on the trailer what the movie was about. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't know was Adam Sandler an uh, uh, undercover cop or like, what you know, what is this? So I felt like going into it like a bit blind, which could be my own fault. You know, maybe I just didn't pick up on what it was about beforehand. So I think I got a little too caught up in that, like trying to figure out what it was about to then enjoy it, enjoy it, because I was like thrown off by it a bit. Uh, but once I did get past that and figure out that, you know, it's a story of, in a nutshell, of a degenerate gambler played by Adam Sandler in this uh, dramatic role that goes, just chronicles him going from one gambling high to another and how that affects all the folks around him and all the shit that he gets into because of it. And like the elaborate scheming and lying and going out of his way just to get in his own way. I was also, I was also thrown off by, the, by after the fact how a lot of folks were upset that it wasn't nominated for like movie, movie of the year or Adam Sandler wasn't nominated for like best actor, which again, I enjoyed it, the movie, but I, I don't know. I didn't see that. Like, I didn't see it as that level of movie. And, and Adam Sandler killed it, by the way. Like he did a phenomenal job. He really did. But to me, it wasn't like Joaquin Phoenix in The Joker or or Leo DiCaprio in Hollywood or Brad Pitt in Hollywood. So I didn't even, and I'm not saying like after it was mentioned, I was like, yeah, I, like if he was nominated, I'd be like, oh shit, yeah, that's dope. Like, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be like, oh, no, that movie, you know, he doesn't belong there or whatever. But it wasn't, like, my first, like, I wouldn't, I didn't think of it. Like, I didn't see that role and say, oh, he's up for actor of the year or whatever. But, again, that's not to take away from Adam Sandler because he really did do a phenomenal job. You know what I really liked, which I thought was, like, super, super authentic, was the scenes in the beginning at the Diamond District. He's a diamond salesman. He owns a, a jewelry store in the Diamond District. And it like follows him around from like going from one jeweler, one jewelry store to another and like wheeling and dealing kind of. And it shows how they like go from one store to another. They'll sell something that's in display at another store and then, you know, let each other hold other things for, you know, maybe specific clients that are coming in or something like that. It seems like like they like shuffle around inventory. Like I I went through like a microcosm of this when I was shopping around for my now wife's uh, engagement ring at the time. Like they did all my research on on online on uh, bluenile.com, which I recommend to any folks looking to uh, pop the question. And that just took that like knowledge and information down to the Diamond District and shopped for a way better deal there. You know, at wholesale prices versus retail prices. But it was kind of like that experience. Like I went, went to one jewelry store. He, you know, that same jeweler, you know, took me from his jewelry store to another jewelry store. And then we went through like some back doors. And, you know, it, it was like an interesting experience. Then it had to be set in a different place. Then they had, we went over there. And I thought that was like, like when I saw that, I was like, yeah, that's exactly like the experience that I had when shopping around in the, in the Diamond District. So I thought that was like really authentic and, and dope to see. And he, Adam Sandler, plays this degenerate gambler, but he has money, right? Like, he's not, like, a low-level nickel-and-diamond kind of gambler. 
but you can tell he's also like anything he has he like gambles it away like he he owns the, his jewelry store he owns a house with a wife that that he's in the process of divorcing he has a couple kids you know very nice house uh that they live in and then he also has a nice apartment with his girlfriend that he's leaving his wife for but he's just like a degenerate gambler and it just shows how it's like like a sickness with folks like that it's like getting high you know like being addicted to something it's like he needs his fix and the bigger the stakes the the bigger the the amount of money the higher the risk the like higher high he gets from it and he just follow him down this rabbit hole of making one bad decision after another until the very unexpected end spoiler alert if you haven't seen the movie i am about to spoil the shit out of the ending <laughs> so i'll give you a, a second to fast forward but after his highest high of winning that parlay at the end and like locking these like bookies in between his front door of his jewelry store and like the second interior door that they like jewelry stores have to like buzz you in to let you in he like locks them in there while he sent his girlfriend with like a million dollars or or some shit some or i forgot how much money twenty five thousand dollars something like that some money that he had to give to these guys he like had her run and go place his bet for him in atlantic city while he kept these guys locked in and he watched along with them and it was like this crazy triple parlay bet or whatever you call it he winds up winning wins a million dollars or whatever the fuck it is his wife successfully gets the money or his uh, girlfriend rather meanwhile the goons of this guy are like looking for her and she gets out of the casino with the money and everything and right before that when he lets these guys out and you know he has all the money to pay them and then some one of them just walls out and shoots him in the head super unexpectedly so it's like he had this highest high followed by his demise his lowest low and that was like a, a pretty sick ending it was a it was a really good movie and i recommend you guys watch it uncut gems and that folks is the end of episode 150 of the spun today podcast bonus episode 150 of the spun today podcast once again i'm your host tony ortiz i appreciate the fuck out of each and every one of you guys listening i hope you continue to stay safe i hope you listen to some tunes in the background and then i hope that you stick around to listen to the outro where i share with you fine folks a bunch of different ways you can help support the show if you so choose peace
folks tony here and i hope you're enjoying the show as much as i enjoy putting it together for you if you'd like to support i'd really appreciate it and we'll give you a one-stop shop of sorts on how to do so if you can make your way over to spuntoday.com forward slash support you'll find a bunch of different ways where you can do just that there you'll find an amazon banner similar to the other banners found throughout my website that you can click on and will take you to Amazon where you can do your shopping like you normally do. This will not cost you anything extra and Amazon will pay me a percentage just for driving traffic to their website. It's a great way to help support the show financially without actually having to come out of pocket. At spuntoday.com forward slash support, you'll also find links to my Patreon and Kofi pages. Patreon and Kofi are two similar websites where you can set up reoccurring donations for the show. If you want to donate a dollar per month, a dollar per episode, a hundred dollars per episode, whatever you like, you can check out either one of those two services there. There's actually also a Patreon video that's kind of like a little tutorial explanation video of how Patreon actually works. Also at spuntoday.com forward slash support, you'll find a direct donation button where you, you can donate by way of PayPal. You'll find a link to Apple Music, which works similar to the Amazon banner. You can click on it. It'll take you to Apple's website where you can do your purchasing like you normally do. And again, it does not cost you anything extra, but I will get paid a percentage just for driving traffic to their website. And you'll also find links to the Spun Today viral style store. This is where you can get Spun Today related merch. And you'll find things like these cool premium t-shirts that have uh, writing related things on them that I put together myself. I'm definitely not a clothing designer by any stretch of the imagination, but I put together things that I wanted to see and, and uh, wear myself. A couple of my favorites are the one that says writing is life and another one that says write need every day and it has like a puff of smoke looking design right behind uh, those words. You'll also find a sponsored a coffee mug and a really cool color changing mug that's related to my debut novel Fractal. It's completely black and when it gets hot when you put it in coffee or tea it starts changing to white and it also exposes the cover art for my novel fractal it's pretty dope so definitely check all that stuff out which again you can find by going to sponsor.com forward slash support and of course do not forget to follow me on all of your social media at sponsor on twitter at sponsor on instagram subscribe to the sponsor youtube channel where you can find clips and excerpts from the podcast along with other cool content 
like the Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash spun today. Also, don't forget to check out all the free shit that I have on my website as well. Go to spuntoday.com forward slash free writing. And there you're going to find dozens and dozens and dozens of free writing pieces that you can check out for motivation and inspiration and just some general food for thought. You can check out some of my photography at spuntoday.com forward slash photography. Feel free to take any of those pictures and use them as you wish. I set it up so that you can like copy and download the photos. And my short stories are available at spuntoday.com forward slash short stories. And last but certainly not least, my pride and joy corner, spuntoday.com forward slash books. Here you will find my published books, which you find folks can find links to purchase them on Amazon, whether you want hard copies or digital uh, Kindle copies. That's the spot for you. Thank you very much for being a Spun Today listener. And as always, substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. Thanks for listening.